It's the tip of the spear in the epic battle to defend the United States of America. The National Security Hour exposes the wolves in sheep's clothing and their nefarious plots to undermine and destroy U.S. national security. Welcome to the National Security Hour. Tonight, we have a special episode in Roundtable with Mary Fanning as host, Major General Paul Battley as host, and myself. Our special guest today is John Malloy, Chairman of the National Vietnam and Gulf War Veterans Coalition. The purpose of today's roundtable is really to discuss a dark chapter in the history of our nation and to give you an update on some things you've never heard about. One of these chapters that's been, been forgotten about is the, the abandonment of our allies, our soldiers, and others, okay, in Vietnam. Much like recently, General, uh, much like recently President Biden did, unfortunately, in Afghanistan. But what we're going to talk about today is Vietnam, the Paris Peace Accords, that anniversary, and a real story behind the prisoners of war, the blur of fiction that has been painted and fed to the American public for years. So without further delay, let me introduce the co-host for this roundtable and discussion, Mary Fanning. She's not just a wallflower, but she's a gem of a Venus flytrap, as she's caught many a hypocrite in her grip. She's the executive producer for the NASA Security Hour on America Out Loud Talk Radio Network. And Ms. Fanning is also an investigative journalist and leads the American Report covering national security issues. Major General retired Paul Valley. Paul's a true patriot, as you'll hear more tonight. He is not only a regular on the NASA Security Hour, but on many other programs, including J.B. Wells' Arc Midnight, The Intelligence Briefing, Major General Valley's last assignment was as Deputy Commanding General, U.S. Army Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii. The generals had a distinguished career after 32 years, 32 years after graduating from West Point, the military academy. And now, let me introduce our special guest, John Malloy. John Malloy is also a true patriot, a veteran. He was called by Uncle Sam into service in 1966 to serve his country. He served in the Republic of Vietnam from 67 to 68. Sergeant, U.S. Army Infantry, 11th Light Infantry Brigade. Upon returning stateside, John went to college at night school, graduated from Hunter College University in New York in 1975, cum laude. He attended graduate school at Hunter, majoring in history and archaeology, and was appointed president of the College Historian Honor Society. He is, as I said, chairman of the National Vietnam and Gulf War Veterans Coalition. So without further ado, let me start this roundtable here and turn back to Major General Paul Valley, who's known John for quite some time. And let Paul do a little bit more introduction on John, and let's start talking about what happened in Vietnam, what's going on with our POWs, and the fiction and the fraud that's been laid out for us. Over to you, Paul. Well, thank you, Ed and Mary and John. Happy uh, you're joining us uh, uh, today uh, to talk about uh, those Paris uh, uh, peace accords. Uh, I had to sort of tickle my brain a little bit today and re recall back uh, to when they occurred, uh, when uh, President Nixon uh, was bringing an end to the uh, conflict uh, 
in uh, in Vietnam, South and North Vietnam. Uh, I can remember the Kissinger uh, basically uh, being involved in those talks in Paris, and then uh, the treasonous John Kerry, uh, Lurch, as I call him, uh, the days when he testified in front of Congress and showing his medals, uh, and uh, really over the years showed what a coward he is. Um, so there's a lot of memories uh, that, that go back to that time. Um, I left Germany... Uh, in uh, late uh, 1964, and uh, four months later, uh, I went to Vietnam uh, in June of 1965, and then my second tour was 1967 uh, through that time. And uh, I recall uh, I was with the 101st Airborne. I was also an advisor, and I was also uh, an aide to the field commander, three-star commander, uh, under General Westmoreland. So. Uh, I'd worked into high levels as a young captain and it, it, also in, in combat as a captain and a major uh, later on. But uh, the memories uh, of uh, our helicopters on top of the uh, U.S. Embassy in Saigon and uh, the retreat out of, uh, of Vietnam, uh, helicopters flying uh, to the ships we had offshore there in the South China Sea, uh, uh, and then uh, the number of uh, classmates from West Point that I lost uh, and others uh, uh, that I uh, knew in my assignments. So, so the, the memories of Vietnam are still there very strong. And uh, I can remember um, so many things about uh, those years. So so that's, uh, that's sort of a summary. We went into some details if John would like to. He's, he's got a lot of different experiences than I do especially uh, since he's worked so much on the uh, prisoner wars and the number of prisoners we really left over there, uh, a lot in Laos uh, that a lot of people don't even know about. So, Ed, with that, I'll pass it back. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Paul. And, and so, John, let me go ahead and bring John here before we bring Mary in here. You know, John, uh, the Paris Peace Accords 51 years ago, uh, do we ever learn here in the United States why don't you take it from here? Give us a little background on your perspective from Vietnam and then how you became the chairman of this uh, this new coalition you have here for Gulf War veterans in Vietnam. And then uh, tell us what your thoughts are on, on the anniversary here of the Paris Accords. Over to you, John. Thanks, Ed. Having been in combat in Vietnam and having sprung a few successful ambushes and, and being given my the command of a platoon at the Battle of Nui Hoc Ridge in, in May of uh, 1968 and seeing s some of our men murdered by the Viet Cong, it, it promoted my interest in uh, in the POW issue, though it was a little bit belated until I saw some of the movies coming out in the early 1980s. <clears throat> but my perspective is this. The, the Paris Peace Accords were an absolute disaster, we had, or our South Vietnamese allies had defeated the North Vietnamese spring offensive in May of 1972. Kissinger decided to open negotiations with Lee Duc Tho in Paris. And as a result of these negotiations, they, they began to the Paris Peace Accords. And with that, the Paris Peace Accords, they allowed the Viet Cong to the negotiating table. They allowed the North Vietnamese Army's troops that had been in place in Vietnam, in South Vietnam, to remain in place. 
they accepted the North Vietnamese count of American prisoners of war in Vietnam. They failed to discuss American prisoners of war in Laos and Cambodia, and they promised the North Vietnamese four and three quarter billion dollars in reparations, which really is insignificant compared to the 85 billion that we left in Bagram, even if you consider the consumer price index rising over the last 40 years. So because the White House was beset with the Watergate scandal at the time, Kissinger and Nixon and the continued pressure from the anti-war activists, they wanted to use the Paris Peace Accords as a success for the United States and have peace with honor. Wow. Peace, peace with honor. And talk about what a dishonor and disservice it was to our U.S. servicemen. Let me let me turn to Mary Fanny for her thoughts on this. Mary, as, as you've also known John for quite some time. Mary? Yes, um, I'm so delighted to welcome John Malloy. He is a true American hero, a patriot par excellence. John and I came to know one another through Admiral Ace Lyons when we worked, I'll call it an operation, John, uh, together uh, on securing our ports and getting laws put in place only showing that Americans who stand up can, can accomplish things. Um, it's important to understand those who do not learn history are doomed to repeat it. And what they did to our POWs as Henry Kissinger negotiated uh, the Paris Peace Accords should be also seen in the context of what took place. And there's a piece that we wrote recently. It's, um, it's, the Witch's Brew, it's at theamericanreport.org. What's important to understand is some of the things that took place in the run-up to the Paris Peace Accords. Many people do not understand that the Soviets launched on us at Pearl Harbor in 1968. And that is when Admiral Lyons and others brought in Tom Clancy to put forward the hunt for Red October to let the American people understand in some way what was taking place. What Henry Kissinger did was obscene, what he did to our military and the way they took a war that we were winning and turned it around and handed it to to our enemies. And uh, again, what John Malloy has done, not only today and the last 15 years that I've known him, but also before that, all the time that he has spent on exposing what they did to our POWs and Henry Kissinger. So welcome, John. Thank you, Mary. I appreciate it. And I, 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 am, I cherish our friendship and are working together because I'm hoping that because of that, we'll be able to accomplish things and save our country from disaster. But I, I wanted to mention that, you know, to, in a communication with General McInerney earlier today, he mentioned that something about the CIA uh, engaging authors to work against us. And I just wanted to let people know that Stanley Carnell, Neil Sheehan, and uh, H. Bruce Franklin were three authors that did everything possible to denigrate the efforts of the POW activists calling the POW MIA issue a a cruel and tragic host, when in fact we were telling the truth and they were acting on behalf of the government, perhaps even the CIA who were engaged in nefarious activities in Laos uh, in order to pay for 
secret operations that Congress, that they didn't want to seek congressional approval for. So the POW issue has many complicated facets, and there's a, a, a tremendous undercurrent of deception in what went on. I, um, well, so, 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 John, on that, let me ask a, a few, few follow-up questions here then. So, you know, the Paris sure. Peace Accords failed dramatically, and we, we knew that they were failing even before they were signed, because as you noted, uh, not only was it McNamara and that uh, idiot crowd of so-called whiz kids, uh, the only thing they could, that there was whiz about them was what was coming out one end. I mean, their ability hmm. to disrupt and destroy the American military was phenomenal. Uh, Kissinger, uh, an old professor of mine who was a good mentor, uh, worked with uh, Brzezinski and went to school with Kissinger. He hated the guy because he was a sellout and he sold a very narcissistic sellout from my, my perspective as well. Why was it that they, uh, you know, you mentioned this a little bit about uh, Nixon and, and Watergate, but why was it they were so willing to then uh, sign this agreement, which they already knew was, was a, just a, a blank piece of paper for the North Vietnamese to, to walk in South? Why was that from your perspective? Well, because Nixon was under pressure from Watergate and they wanted to look like they had a success so that when uh, when they went to Congress to get the four and a quarter billion dollars that they think it, they thought it would get approved. But when the POWs came out uh, on uh, Operation Homecoming, many of them disclosed the fact that they were tortured. But despite the fact that the, the POWs that were returned didn't show any indication of tremendous torture like traumatic injuries where arms and hands were amputated and things like that the people were were deceived in that the, the vietnamese were trying to protect themselves by not having these prisoners return nevertheless the fact that the others were tortured and disclosed it made congress unwilling to give the four and three quarter billion dollars which caused nixon to say well we have to end this problem right away and in so doing, he said, all the POWs have been returned home, thus leaving 2,500 or more men behind. But also, Henry Kissinger said to Alexander Haig, who was his assistant at the time, he's, that American military men are dumb, stupid animals to be used as tools of foreign policy. So you're dealing with, as you said, a true narcissist who had total disregard for the American servicemen. Oh, wow. Well, let me let me turn to Paul Valley. We have about a couple minutes here before the first break. But, Paul, what are your thoughts on this failure here and basically a sellout, uh, a sellout of the servicemen for a front of a treaty? Over to you, Paul. Well, again, it's a history of uh, our politicians uh, that weren't trained uh, in the military, though LBJ was uh, in the Navy. Uh, uh, John Fitzgerald Kennedy was in the Navy, but they never reached any high rank. Uh, and uh, they were playing politics again. Uh, uh, and when you play politics and don't deal with reality, you can see what happens as we're experiencing today. But, John, I wanted to tell you something. How much time do we have for the next segment? We have about two minutes before the first break. Yeah, a quick story, John. Uh, in uh, 1966, I was a company commander in the 101st up in Tuiwa. And I was brought in um, by the uh, commander and said, we need you to lead a team to go in and rescue some uh, POWs that are being held. I think it was Binden Province. 
uh, C-130 had gone down. We had pictures of it. And so I worked, uh, John, for five days to put a rescue plan uh, in motion where we would go in about 10 kilometers from the POW site in South Vietnam. And there were something like 50 to 60 POWs, including some Americans. And uh, I put the plan together, had it all done. We're about ready to launch. Uh, and uh, they called it off uh, from Saigon. And I uh, never got an opportunity to go in and rescue those people. But it was sort of interesting. I, I don't know why uh, the higher ups uh, called that rescue mission off. But uh, uh, anyhow, that's just a story that goes back to the thinking Paul, in those days. Paul, you know, what I heard about it was that even though I was on a rescue mission in April of 68, and it was like very spontaneous, the, the information I got was that it's not about rescuing POWs. It's about defeating the NVA and the Viet Cong. And the POWs was just a, a secondary issue mm -hmm. that would be resolved later. And mm -hmm. this is the higher command. Wow. You know, we were both yeah. juniors in, in the field at the time. Yeah, exactly. Well, I was a captain. Wow. So I was just a company commander that was given the mission plan. Well, let me, let, me, let me hop in here, Paul and, and John. We're going to come back. I want to come back to that topic on the POWs and and the rescue missions and why they were just basically thought of as secondary aspects here when we come back from break. For, for those of us listening here, be sure to make AmericaOutloud.news. That's AmericaOutloud.news, your daily stop for all the latest news and happenings. We must all do our part and share the stories, the articles, the podcasts, so we can help secure America's future. We'll be right back. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Lifestyle changes are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support cholesterol and blood pressure with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD for 25% off. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. And unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus and strengthen recall. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order, risk-free. Love it or your money back, guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code out loud. Who's got time for a nasal invasion messing up your lifestyle? Crush those nasties before they become a problem. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order with the coupon code OUTLOUD, you'll receive 20% off the entire purchase. Go to americaoutloud.shop. That's americaoutloud.shop and use coupon code OUTLOUD. Use Cofix RX because it works. Back to the National Security Hour. Hmm. This is Ed Huggling, your host for today, along with Paul Valley and Mary Fanny. And our special guest today, Mr. John Malloy. As we left on the break, we were talking with John and Paul about the Powell's being viewed as sort of a secondary mission and, 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 not, and, only, and not caring much about leaving some of them behind. But let me go back to, to John Malloy here. You know, you had mentioned about the number of Powell's that were left behind. Why was the list the North Koreans given deficient? And can you tell us a little bit more about that, John? 
Oh, you mean, in, I'm sorry to correct you, North Vietnamese. Uh, they awesome. gave a list of, uh, of 593 or so, and we knew that it was insufficient because we had, through the uh, intelligence community, if you uh, check the movie uh, documentary Spy in the Hanoi Hilton, information was actually coming out of the Hanoi Hilton through uh, the prisoner tap code and perhaps guards that were under pay of, of the United States uh, intelligence community that we knew there were more prisoners. But we didn't fight, fight the issue because they were so anxious to end the war, and they figured they, if they pay the reparations, we could get the rest of the prisoners home. But once the reparations were not paid, we denied the existence of the remaining POWs. And unfortunately, even though Bobby Garwood came out in 1979 after being held 14 years, they did everything to discredit Garwood and make him look like a traitor and a collaborator. I mean, he might have made some mistakes, uh, you know, being AWOL or things like that. But the fact is he had information about the remaining POWs, including 400 boxes of remains of POWs kept in a warehouse on Line Nam Day Street in, in Hanoi. And even though he gave that information out, they did everything to discredit him, despite the fact that he was trying to re make the POWs be a relevant issue. And he gave that information on December 4th of 1984. He said, I am not the, the last POW in Vietnam. Wow. Uh, you know, for the, for the audiences listening here, uh, who, who didn't grow up during this era, who didn't live through this era, you, you must know and, and read the history because, first of all, the American troops there were used as pawns. Second, they were treated horribly and miserably. Why? Because there's a huge propaganda and disinformation campaign from Russia, the Viet Vietnamese, North Vietnamese, and others that painted them as such. And here in the United States, you had a huge communist supportive movement that was an enabled and fed by the Soviets and others, which then painted and created a huge anti-war movement here in the United States against the Vietnam War. The, the thing about that that you need to understand is while our troops were actively in combat, many of them being tortured and held in captivity, here at home, they were treated just as badly or worse by their own citizens. When they came back, they were spat on. They were spit on. They were, they were, they were, they were denied uh, even some basic honors of, of the service and such like that. Not anything like you've seen with the Gulf War and stuff like that today. So let me turn to Mary here and get your perspective in terms of, you know, this is really eye-opening when, when you hear about the number of prisoners who were left behind and the refusal and the cover-up over the years to, to keep them, keep that information secret. Mary, over to you. Well, the American people are not being told the truth. And you know that they do not want the American people to hear the truth, particularly when you saw Barack Hussein Obama put forward the Smith Munt Modernization Act of 2012 when it made it legal for the media to lie to the American people, to use PSYOPs. Now, John has been working on the POW issue and knows more about it really than anyone. Uh, the information that came forward um, from those who were held as POWs, those that were held with John McCain that brought forward th that truth, 
those that were in the Pentagon that had all the documents that were given to John and to Judicial Watch about that matter, very few Americans know the truth. And one of those truths um, came forward about the POWs when Admiral Ace Lines, understand four-star admiral, head of the Pacific Command, spoke at one of John's events for Rolling Thunder. And I will tell you, it was the most shocking thing when I heard Ace say that they had that they were they gave 17 of our people, our troops, to Cuba, and they were doing medical experiments on them. So when you hear something like that, and then you hear uh, what Henry Kissinger did, Henry Kissinger was no friend to America, and he wasn't protecting the troops in the Paris Accords. And um, it's very concerning today. So even though that is our history, and that's the truth that is brought forward. It became more disturbing when we started looking at this, this Soviet submarine, the ballistic uh, missile submarine, the K-129, that had launched on Pearl Harbor in 1968. And the, the timeline of the things that took place in the run-up to the Paris Peace Accords. When we looked at that, the submarine story, we also came across that we had translated Russian defense journals. And they had... In those defense journals, they were talking about Russia, China, and Iran launching on the United States. And they said they developed a Pearl Harbor 2.0 plan. So the translation showed that the Russian defense journal, the secret Iranian military handbook, suggested that they had developed a Pearl Harbor 2.0, and that was to take our fleet out in their ports, in our ports, and our military bases around the world. When you see that Barack Obama and Joe Biden brought Gulf Tainer while they were in business with Russia, the, the Rostec Rosal Boran export, the exporter of the Club K Trojan Horse Weapon System, a cargo container that launches nuclear, biological, chemical weapons, and they brought that into Port Canaveral and the Port of Wilmington. Joe Biden and and Barack Obama had their hand directly in that. When you see that they had a the uh, Pearl Harbor 2.0, that is the perestroika deception. They have been working together since the 90s, Russia and China. And the American people, if our you know, no one has to go to a military academy like General Vallelie to understand the danger. In fact, General Vallelie was the first person to speak up about the Club K on Fox News. So this is a devastating uh, Trojan horse weapon system. And to hand over our ports, you don't have to go to West Point to understand, Sun Tzu, that you do not give the enemy access to your ports. And that is what is being put in place, and that is why the American people need to understand the story and the history of what John Malloy has fought for and what the enemy agents, Manchurian candidates in our own country have done. And only... This can be stopped by the American people, truly the American people, people like John Malloy and General Valley and Ed Hugland. Oh, oh Mary, thanks well, very want, much. Go, go ahead, John. All right, I want you to disclose something. You know, even those in our senior military are not uh, are guilty of deception. And I, when Colonel Mike Peck was appointed head of the Defense uh, Missing Persons Group in the early 90s, he was very upset that uh, it was a, just a smoke and mirrors operation. Uh, Mike was uh, 
a combat commander, Silver Star recipient, uh, you know, special forces. And he was very, he, he had to educate himself on the POW issue, thanks to a lot of us giving him information. And he approached Lieutenant General Scheuster, who was a, at the time a head of DIA, and he complained about what was happening in the missing person department. And General Scheuster says, well, it's not really working out with you, Mike, um, maybe you should be sent to uh, a liaison position with the French army in Germany. And Peck was astounded. And that's when he resigned uh, his commission and literally put a, a resignation note stabbed in the door of DPMO back in the early 90s. And now you have General Clapper, who was uh, head of DIA, and he was another one who was trying to affect the, the abandonment of our men and not just disclosing the truth, going back to the 90s during the Senate Select Committee hearings. So, you know, there are a lot of guilty people involved in this to uh, at, and could cause the abandonment and lack of uh, our men being returned. The Russians, in fact, through the – well, we got information from – Jan Shana, a Czechoslovakian defector in the 1960s. He said prisoners from Vietnam were sent to Czechoslovakia, to Russia, so that Russia could have plausible denial of saying no prisoners were sent to Russia from Vietnam. And the American prisoners, Shana said, were, were tortured, used for medical experimentation, traumatic amputations with, without any... Uh, uh, anesthesia that, that was put into the, you know, if you read the book, The Charm School, some of them had to give in and, and were used to train America, uh, Russian intelligence people how to become more American so they could infiltrate into the United States. And Shana, the, many of the senior military were just not willing to listen to him, even though he was a defector and put himself in great danger. So because this was an embarrassment to the, the American uh, administrations at the time. Wow. It's just, you know, so this is eye opening for me. A lot of what you're talking about here, a lot of what Mary's talking about and Paul as well is very eye opening here for the audience because you have a couple of parallel aspects here. You have the Club K and a continued deception effort of people within our own government working with adversaries to install capabilities at our ports that could be launched against us. And then think about what's happening with the open borders. Parallel to that, you hear from John, this, this, this story and the information coming out about not only not talking about the true number of prisoners of war who were left behind, but the fact that some of them were given to our adversaries to literally experiment on and how that's been covered up. So when you take a look at that, you know, who, who John, who do you think? And then we'll go to, to Paul after this. Who's responsible for this cover-up? I mean, why is it so systematic? You talked about General Clapper. You talked about the Kissinger. Uh, I mean, there's many different layers here. Why? Uh, who's responsible for this cover-up in your mind, John? Well, I think it's a, ultimately it's the deep state, and I think Henry Kissinger was one of the prime movers of the deep state. In a conversation I had with Admiral Zumwalt in, in the mid-1980s, he told me that when he was chief of naval operations, that he objected to the United States providing Russia with wheat because Russia was having a famine. He said the Russians are supplying weapons and, and material to the North Vietnamese. Why would you be helping the Russians so that they can help our enemies? 
And Henry Kissinger, he said, Henry Kissinger told him that we have to be nice to our enemies, the Russians, the Soviets, because when they take over, they'll, they might be nice to us. And at that point, Zumwalt said he began to uh, consider his resignation from the United States Navy. So this has been going on quite a while. You know, these, these, this, this plan to destroy America is, is not something recent. It, Barack Obama is just the most recent tool. And uh, unfortunately, because people felt that we should elect somebody that's uh, of another ethnic group, uh, you know, to show that we're not racist, it caused our, our actual demise. Well, Paul, you know, this, this is just astounding information here. And people may find it hard to believe. But let me point them back to the Venona Papers. And which highlight the level of infiltration and collaboration amongst people in the U.S. government with the former Soviets, okay, our adversary. But, Paul, let me ask you, you know, what are your thoughts on this level of cover up, not only for the Club K, but but hiding our prisoners of war and denying those different aspects, including them being handed over to our adversaries for experimentation? That that is that this blows my mind over to you, Paul. Well, I think it goes back to the corruption uh, of corrupt, corrupted individuals that we've had in our government uh, that didn't abide by duty on our country at all. They're out for their own self-interest and promotions, and uh, like Kissinger was. But, uh, Ed, let me go back a little bit. Uh, since World War II, there are two major uh, happenings uh, to dismantle America. Uh, the first was the late 60s, the anti-war movement that began in the San Francisco Bay Area, Students of Democratic Society uh, at the University of California, Berkeley. And so uh, a momentous change was occurring then uh, in our universities and our professors uh, going very left wing. And, and then the second major uh, happening was the Manchurian candidate, uh, Obama, uh, continued to change America forever. And what he really was doing was dismantling America. So those two major events in my lifetime, late 60s and then Obama uh, becoming president, uh, has uh, moved toward destroying this great country. That's why we have to take it back. We have to build this country back again with honesty and trust and integrity. And that's our mission. Uh, if I could say that to the American people, be confident, but we have to turn this around because of these evil people that uh, invested so much time and influence uh, in our government. And uh, they were, they were evil people. They were not good, honest people that we should have in government. So I'll rest with that. Well, thanks, Paul. And, and Mary, you know, this is, uh, as you mentioned with Club K and stuff like that, just phenomenal uh, uh, what's going on here in, in, in the government. What are your thoughts as we got about a minute and a half here before break in terms of what you've been hearing from Paul and John here, uh, and not only the Powell's, but also the overall cover-up that's been going on related to the prisoners of war. Over to you, Mary. Well, with the prisoners of war, John and I brought that information with the person who had prosecuted, um, gone to prosecute, had all the documents on John McCain, and that all went to Judicial Watch. Um, but beyond that, uh, John Malloy and I worked with Representative Dan Donovan, we worked to get bills passed and CFIUS updated. We got those bills passed. We got CFIUS updated. We closed the loopholes so that they couldn't be bringing this in. We also got Gulf Tanner kicked out of the port of Wilmington by exposing what, what they were doing and that they hadn't paid their bills. Je 
Dr. Peter Pry, uh, General Vallely, they all signed the letter to have this stopped in its tracks. But most important is that we had CFIUS updated, but also FIRMA um, fighting weapons of mass destruction, that we could kick China off of our lands, out of buying our farms, et cetera. Those laws were put in place. President Donald Trump signed those laws. Now we need people to enact them in our country so that someone has the wherewithal to stand up and fight back. Wow, that's that's powerful. As we we go to break here very quick, when we come back from break, we're going to talk about what happened to some of the returning pals. I'd also like to have us talk a few seconds on the tremendous flight from Vietnam and the boat people, a couple million boat people from there and, and what happened there. And we'll talk some more about Club K and, and get the information from Mary to how you can find out more about that at america.org, americareport.org. So for our listeners, remember, America Out Loud talk radio plays on iHeartRadio. You can listen to us on any media player from any web browser any in the, anywhere in the world. We have the best-in-class applications on Apple, Android, Alexa. Everything streams 24 by 7 now. So just go to americaoutloud.news, americaoutloud.news, and you can see it all there. We'll be right back. Expert opinions, honest debate, and in-depth investigations are what you've come to expect from americaoutloud.news. We don't shy away from speaking the truth boldly and plainly. All that's missing is the propaganda that has infected legacy and social media. Get the best of down and dirty, wholesome American speak. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. ASEA believes that inside each of us is the potential to feel our very best. Our redox-based products tap into reserves within you to power your personal well-being. Make our breakthrough products an essential step in fulfilling your greatest potential. ASEA, we power potential. For exclusive savings, use code OUTLOUD to save 15% off your first order today. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like Freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be, with a company that shares your values. Go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Welcome back to the American Outloud Talk Radio Network. This is the NASA Security Hour. My co-host for today, Major General Paul Valley and Mary Fanning, along with their special guest, John Malloy. So as we left on break, Mary was talking about uh, Club K and stuff like that. We'll come back to that in a second because I want to direct people to where they can get more information on that because it's one hell of a story. But as we talked about a prisoners of war, 
Let me go to John and ask him two questions. One is, what happened to our prisoners of war when they returned? And can you also comment on the fact that 2 million South Vietnamese fled, fled in boats from Vietnam after the communists took over because of the horrendous nature of communism? And over 200 to 400,000 of those people who fled died trying to get out of the country. So, John, over to you in terms of what happened to our uh, prisoners of war after they returned back to America and how they were treated. And what are your thoughts, if any, on, on the boat people? John? Okay, as well, we, we wait for John to come back on here. Uh, let me go to, to Paul, uh, Paul Valley. And, and, Paul, what are your thoughts in terms of, you know, you came back from Vietnam, others came back from Vietnam. What's your perspective on how our prisoners of war were treated there? Well, I came back twice, uh, 1966 and 1968. Uh, when I came back in 66, uh, it was fine. Uh, there wasn't this anti-war feeling at that point in time because it was like the first year uh, of the war over there. But and, uh, and then in late 67, 68, uh, we had a, a turn of events uh, where the politicians and we had the uh, Jane Fonda's uh, and the propaganda that was supported by the Russians and the Chinese uh, of our anti-Vietnam uh, movement uh, in America. And so uh, everything changed, as I said, in uh, basically late 67, beginning in 68. Uh, we also had, Ed, a lot of people don't know about, uh, that we had a lot of our enlisted men uh, that were uh, shooting officers. We had several officers wounded and killed by uh, uh, some of the uh, enlisted people who were influenced by this anti-war movement. But uh, it, was, it was an experience that uh, no American soldier, sailor, airman should have to go through. And that's why when we commit ourselves to a war, it's got to be like World War II, not these unnecessary wars. Uh, that, uh, you know, we lost 58,000 plus uh, Americans uh, in Vietnam. Uh, and uh, what, what do we have to show for it? Nothing. Um, no, absolutely, Paul. Not only 58,220 dead, but we had over 300,000 plus were wounded. Yeah. And we're talking wounded. It's not just a little flesh wound. Okay. Many of those wounds were for life and major portions of limbs and bodies and such like that. That's correct. So, Mary, if we go to you, let me, let me ask you first is let people know how they can get more information on Club K, but also then what are your perspective? not only in how our prisoners of war were treated after they came back, but the perspective on the, what communism does to society and why you had 2 million people in Southern Vietnam flee. Over to you, Mary. Well, we had people, um, well, first communism is a destroyer. It's demonic. And it is, um, it is making the people a slave and taking away all their God-given rights. And so that has been brought in full bore by Barack Obama and Joe Biden. Understand Joe Biden came out of Council for a Livable World. That was a Soviet silver master spy operation. That is who put Joe Biden in place. Barack Obama, his mentor was a Soviet agent. Now, does that make anyone feel comfortable when they're putting ports and bringing cargo containers that can launch nuclear, biological, chemical weapons? So people can get the details on that at theamericanreport.org or at the Center for Security Policy, the perfect storm. Uh, what has happened in this country, you have to consider the people who have fought and, and given their lives 
and devoted their lives to protecting this nation. And based simply upon that, we must pay it forward, the American people. We must stop. No one has ever seen anything like this, open borders. If you have open borders, you have no country. And that is what is underway. If you think Joe Biden's making any decisions, he's a drooling mess. It's not Joe Biden that's doing this to the country, but it can be the American people that can stop it. And the information that John has on the the POWs, and I still see people in their homes flying those POW flags that lost their family members. Well, if the if those that we vote in to be our, our Congress or our representatives don't represent us, then they must go. That's what we can do. Absolutely, Mary. And let me see if we got John back here. John, are you there? And uh, let me let me. Okay, great. We've got John Malloy back. So, John, you know, part of this whole deception thing here, one big name comes into all of this. It's Senator John McCain's name. Give the audience here some insights from your perspective of what the real story behind John McCain is. Well, John McCain, according to Colonel Ted Guy, uh, was not in solitary when he was in the same prison camp with Colonel Guy. With Colonel Guy. He was... Colonel Guy felt he went sent to Russia, and he and he collaborated with the Russians. When he came back uh, to uh, to the prison camp, you know he was treated in an exalted manner, like uh, because he was the Crown Prince, because his father was Admiral of the Pacific Fleet. John McCain, when he returned home, when they got to the Philippines. Colonel Guy felt that he should be court-martialed at Clark Air Force Base because he said that John was a collaborator. The Nixon administration did not want to have any adverse publicity on the POWs that were returning, so they dis- discouraged Colonel Guy from uh, having McCain court-martialed. Nevertheless, McCain, unlike all the other prisoners, did not get promoted one or two ranks when he came home. They waited 18 months before he got promoted. But McCain was a self-promoter, and he tried to make himself out to be a hero. And he had a few allies among the POWs that were his friends, some of whom actually took food from their fellow POWs in order to make themselves uh, have more nutrition. So there's there's a lot in the briefings of POWs that we don't we cannot see because they were classified thanks to Kerry and some other folks that that we if Trump would allow us to would have uh, declassified those briefings we would have had a lot more information on what some of those returning POWs had or with respect to unreturned people and what their behavior was when they uh, when they were in prison. Now, as far as the the boat people, they there were two million of them that tried to escape from Vietnam, and unlike these people that are being allowed in as migrants, these two million people were put into the orderly departure program, and some of them couldn't even get to the United States until the mid 1980s, ten years after Vietnam fell, and many of the boat people drowned in the Pacific, and Biden even suggested they should go back to Vietnam, where they'd be better treated by the communists, which, of course, we know they were put in re-education camps, and many of them yes. were tortured. Many of the boat people were killed uh, by Thai pirates, and we even had veterans that had were in, that were fighting against the pirates in the Gulf of Thailand for a while. Bo Greitz, he, he went to do his, exped, his operation into, 
into Vietnam, and somebody in the federal government exposed the nature of that operation over a, a, a America Freedom Radio, and the Vietnamese were aware of it. And Bogreitz's operation was was compromised, and he had he, uh, he was fortunate to escape from Laos. Wow! So, John. This information is really astounding here. Is there a book or someplace people can go to get more information? Does anybody put more information out in either published form or something that people can go to and get? There's, a, there's an enormous amount of information, one of which is Billy Hendon's book, An Enormous Crime, uh, An American in the Basement by Amy Waters Yosinski, Betrayed by Professor Joe Douglas, Dead or Alive by Robert W. Pelton, Missing in Action, Trail of Deceit by Larry O'Daniel. I mean, and I have a, an extensive library, plus I have all of Billy Hendon's archives that was financed by Ross Perot when he did his reviews of, when he did his research on the POW issue. Half of those archives were sent to the Perot Foundation, but I still have an extensive amount here that I would like to make available to anybody that wanted to do the research. Wow, fantastic. You know, so all this brings to, to for the last topic we have for, for this roundtable today with John Malloy is, you know, how does this deception relate to what's happening now? So let me turn to Paul Valley, General Paul Valley first, because he has some additional information on Club K. And then thought, uh, thoughts, Paul, we have about uh, five minutes left. Thoughts in terms of how this relates to this situation after the Club K. Over to you. Sure. Uh, let me just uh, carry on from Mary uh, on the Club K. And what it is, is it's a container. It can be put on an 18-wheeler, okay? It can be put in the hold of a ship. And Iran now has that capability, by the way. And they can bring those containers, as we see through our ports of Los Angeles, Canaveral, and so on. And in that, they also can put a command and control headquarters. They can, they can put a communication capability. And so they can move that container from, uh, for example, the port in Los Angeles or the port in Cape Canaveral into any city in America. They can position that container, then open up the top, and up pops, uh, say, a Shahab missile uh, that can be fired, an intercontinental ballistic uh, nuclear weapon. Uh, and then if it's in a container ship, they can pull that container ship, and there's thousands of them in the Atlantic every day, they can go out 50 kilometers, say, off of Manhattan, New York, uh, pop open the hole of the ship, up comes the container, it opens up, it fires that Shahab uh, into Manhattan, closes the hatch again, turns around, and continues their voyage across the Atlantic. That's how critical it is that we uh, have a close inspection of all these containers that are coming in especially coming in from the Middle East, coming up through the Red Sea now. They're going to do the same thing capability as they can to launch maybe from the Red Sea into Israel. And so uh, I'm just glad that Mary has brought uh, to the attention the Club K system again. Yeah, so over to you, yes, Mary. You know, General Valley. Yes. <laughs> go ahead, Ed. Go, go ahead, Mary. Well, you know, people need to understand that the next time they watch a freight train passing at a railroad crossing or hear the yeah. evocative sounds of the mournful horns as the trains pass in the night that carry those cargo containers, that right. Barack Obama brought that inside the wire into our country. They brought it in through Dr. Jafar Dia Jafar, who was on the Pentagon's blacklist, wanted for capture or kill. 
he is the person who who was working with the Obama administration and the Biden administration. That's important to understand. Also important to understand is the Jafar family of Gulf Tainer were the one-time royal family of Iran from 1785 to 1925. They're Iranians. And so Saddam Hussein's nuclear mastermind was an Iranian. That's who Obama brought inside the wire. And that is why our, we need to put the pressure on our representatives. These, every cargo container, do you know who checks our cargo containers? Hutchison Wampoa, the Chinese. So this pressure has to be put on our representatives to stop this. And as General Valley says, these cargo containers must be checked because they have a 10-year shelf life. They're opened via satellite. No one even has to be there. This is to the American people and whether we continue to exist or not. Well, well, Mary, I'd like to ha- have highlight something else that, that you've, you've raised in this topic here that I think is very important for the audience to understand that you and John were involved in. And you sort of glossed over it a little bit earlier in the, in the program. And, and Paul mentioned, you know, these containers, they don't actually have to come into the United States. They can sit offshore, okay, and the cargo ships offshore. And there's no way we could tell. But you and John Malloy brought this topic up through some Congress people, got it to President Trump's desk to sign into law. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Because that's an amazing feat. And, and, and that's a critical point is that this is some, some fiction, some story that's made up here. Okay, This is life reality. I'm back to you, Mary. We had about four minutes left in the section here. You and then John, and then we'll close out with Paul. Well, John Malloy and I, we went to, um, and I won't tell you how we had the connections, but Representative Dan Donovan, New York's uh, 11th Congressional District, he sat down with us for a couple of hours. We explained this. What took place is he understood this thoroughly. He was near 9-11. He understood what happens when this comes in. But this was much worse because now it's being transmitted across the country. We worked together and we, we had bills passed. And that wouldn't have happened. So, so Don Donovan, he sponsored H.R. 7213. That's the Countering Weapons of Mass Destruction Act of 2018. Trump then signed it at the end of 2018. We also got the data to President Trump at Mar-a-Lago. So working together as normal Americans, just Americans who want to stand up for our country, we were able to get two bills passed and signed into law with this countering weapons of mass destruction also means China owes us for years and years, trillions of dollars. We can start confiscating everything that they have in this country, but it's going to take the American people. But working together, sitting down and thinking that we could make a difference, we did. And John Malloy is unlike many people. This man is still, like General Valley, like you, Ed, he's still fighting for this country. Oh, thanks, Mary. And let me turn to, to John again. You know, John, you've had not only an amazing career, an amazing patriot here, but as chairman of the National Vietnam and Gulf War Veterans Associates Coalition is phenomenal. But this Club K thing here and what you're able to do with Mary and legislation, we got about a minute and a half left here. Back to you for any final comments, John. Well, the only thing I'd like to say is that because of the Port Canaveral, we don't know what Club K missiles could be in the United States right now. 
and I only hope that something is being done to to determine the locations so they could be eliminated. But as far as the efforts of the four of us and others that align with us, we are the few that are really seeking to save our country. And it's unfortunate that too many Americans either are indifferent or uneducated or too preoccupied. So I have to close with this. Evil thrives with when good men do nothing. And we have to encourage others to try to do good. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, John. And, and Paul, uh, let me close with you then for this, this episode as a whole on this roundtable here. Your last minute thoughts, sir. We have about 30 seconds. Yeah, America, stay vigilant. Connect the dots of what's going on. Hold your uh, leaders in Congress, uh, uh, hold them to their word. Uh, if that word is one that's going to strengthen and turn America around, if they're playing politics, they need to know that. But we have the American people now standing up, and we're going to restore America, we're going to restore our Constitution and the faith in the American people. We cannot lose this great country. That's why this election coming up in November is so critical to the future of America. No, thank you, Paul. And thank you, Mary. And thank you, our special guest, John Malloy. This has been a fascinating discussion from Vietnam to now. The deception in many ways continues. Stay alert. Stay vigilant. Thanks for joining us on the mission. The National Security Hour is the tip of the spear in the epic battle to defend the United States of America.